to the Under Centre podcast. I'm your host, Darren Maher, and I'm joined by two of the only players seemingly left on the Texans roster, Fionn Malloy and Jake Woolhead. Lads, how are we this week? Yeah, Wonderful. not doing too bad. Quite a lonely weekend for football fans, but yeah, we had the rugby to get us through, which wasn't an exciting result for the rest of us. I can see where your priorities are. If you're saying rugby got you through, not Valentine's Day, you know? Spending that day with your parent that didn't get you through. I had it on the Saturday, and then the Sunday was the Sunday was a right load of cans to get me through to. Everyone was doing their Valentine's on a Saturday. This it was year, better actually, off. Why would you do it on the Sunday? Well, everyone's at home anyway. I made loads of cocktails and all. I had a real t- good thing going on Valentine's Eve, rather. <laughs> uh, Fiona, how was yours? Yeah, pretty quiet as well. A little bit the same as as Jake. Nice quiet Valentine's. I did it on the day. And uh, we watched a bit of rugby as well um, just to kind of pass the time. So, yeah, it's it's the beginning. The reality is beginning to set in of <laughs> no football for the long, lonely nights now. So uh, I'm getting kind of used to it now after one week of nothing to do. But hey, the good thing is there's plenty to talk about. That's amazing. Exactly. It's not too boring. Uh, we have a packed show this week. We will uh, go through some of the biggest news stories right now. Uh, and then we are beginning the start of a new series on the show. Uh, we'll be looking at every side in the NFL and go through what they need in this offseason to improve for the 2021 season. Each week, we will look at one side from the AFC and one side from the NFC. Uh, and this week, we're going to look at the Chicago Bears and the Cleveland Browns and who better to help us uh, to talk about the Bears and the Browns than some Bears and Browns fans so firstly I want to welcome our Browns fan Colm how are you? I'm not too bad how are you all doing? All good and we have our Bears oh. fan Noel how are you? Good thanks thanks for having me on lads. No problem delighted to have you guys on and you'll be hopefully uh, giving us a bit of insight when we talk about the news as well we'd love to get your opinions on that uh, before we actually do get into the news though and um, if you are watching us on youtube uh, please if you could like this video and subscribe to the dynamo podcast network that is where you'll find our podcast each week uh, as well as uh, many other great podcasts like the four Podmen if you're into wrestling or king woe's court if you like uh, your metal music uh, also while you're at it give our social pages a like and a follow it's facebook.com forward slash under center pod twitter instagram and tiktok at under center pod as well um we are going to start off the news section though with the passing of former buccaneers and chargers wide receiver um vincent jackson uh, jackson who was uh, a second round pick in the 2005 draft by the Chargers was found uh, dead in a hotel room in Florida on Monday. Um, Jackson had over 9,000 receiving yards and um, near uh, 57 touchdowns and was a three-time pro bowler. Um, we would just like to send out our thoughts to the Jackson family at the difficult time and uh, may he rest in peace. But we'll get into the news and we will start with the disaster that is the Jaguars. Uh, <laughs> if you are not aware, last week the Jaguars announced that former Iowa strength and conditioning coach Chris Doyle will be their director of sports performance. But that hire was met with a lot of criticism due to the recent allegations made by numerous former Iowa players stating that Doyle made racist remarks and was a bully to them during his time there. These allegations were taken so seriously that the college uh, effectively paid him almost a million dollars to step down and for a a clause in his contract where you can't speak about it, the name doesn't doesn't come to me there just right now. a day after a day in the job, though, Doyle and the Jaguars released a statement saying that he's resigning. But if you read into the statements a little more, it sounds like the Jaguars sort of decided that they messed this up and Doyle had to leave. Um, you know, lads, I want to get your opinion on the matter because I'm sure this is the last thing that the Jaguars needed uh, because despite his age and time with Ohio State and, of course, with uh, the Florida Gators, uh, Urban Meyer is still a rookie coach in the NFL. Uh, and, and obviously he comes with his own baggage and his own past. So uh, I'll start with you, Jake. This surely uh, was a really bad error in judgment, to say the very least, from the Jaguars. Yeah, absolutely. To say the very least, that was it. 
this is the one case where internet bullying is okay is when you have a racist now who's running your player personnel uh, fitness he needs to go we all knew that we talked about urban meyer um just after he got hired for the head coach uh, in the jags and we knew that he had this kind of history of um letting things slide rather um under the rug for him and hiring chris doyle was just like it was like he was trying to play out his own college team again, where, you know, in college, you can just kind of, you can get by with these sort of stuff. Like you can pass through this kind of crack. You've got players who are, you know, they're trying to get into the NFL. So that's their hopes and dreams there. So then you, you kind of have that power over them, but now you're talking in the NFL, there's these guys who are in the league years and years or are new in the league. And now they're getting paid millions and millions of dollars to play the game. So it's a lot harder to have this kind of uh, push over them, if you will. And then, I was just looking at that Chris Doyle, like even there was one Jags player on the team that had raised allegations against Chris Doyle um, in Iowa. Like, that's just crazy. How out of touch could Urban Meyer have been to hire this guy when he knew, obviously he had to know that like, this is, this is a guy. And you touched on the point as well. Like he was paid to leave that college. He was paid a very nice sum to leave that college. That's how bad of a guy this was. Like, I just don't understand it myself. Some of the stories coming out of him, um, I think he, there was, he stood on a few um, black players' hands on, during a drill. Like, that's just crazy, man. I don't know how how that got past the, the uh, shag can. That's just mad. Yeah, it was... Yeah. I think what, what was one of the allegations as well, that he told the players to start acting white. <clears throat> yeah, there was you know, some just... very strange stories coming out. I think he told one other player that... Uh, uh, he should join the rowing team, but um, oh, black people don't like swimming or something like some crazy stuff. He was coming out. I don't know how he keeps his job or kept that job. Yeah, it's, it's astounding to me. I think we have to criticize not just Urban Meyer, but the whole front office of the Jaguars. The reality is, Urban doesn't have the be on an end all of these hires. This has to be a whole negotiation, it has to be the front office. In general, the GMs, the owners, everyone working together and how this name can get so far up this list and not a single person raises this issue is a problem. What will be even a bigger problem is if this issue gets raised and somebody dismissed it is even more worrying. Coming from the Washington football team, fan as I am, that people know we have had a massive cultural problem of our own. It's not based around one person. It's usually institutionalized. And unless you can get the right people in the right positions, it's very hard to turn it around. And I think the Jaguars have highlighted that this might not be a Dolphin scenario where they go from a really terrible team to a middle-of-the-pack team in one season because these problems clearly run very deep. And over the offseason, or at least so far in the offseason, those coaching hires and the, back, the front office hires that have been made so far have clearly not addressed this problem. Another thing that I can't comprehend as well is, as we mentioned, the only reason this guy is available is because Iowa paid him to go away. Who on earth thinks this guy is the best option you have to fill the role that you got him for? That's another astounding thing to me. So I don't comprehend it on two ways, and I just don't think it's acceptable in the NFL, there are not that many teams. These are supposed to be the elite of the elite in terms of not just the players on the pitch, but the guys in the back room, in the offices, at the very top of these organizations. And it's crazy how these decisions can be made when it's so obvious to so many people looking that that's just a no-go area, especially in the climate that is America at the moment. Yeah, Colm, uh, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. Well, him just being in that, being able to get a job just after getting let go by the college is something that's really scary, especially when the NFL have tried to make a big push on trying to get more diversity in their coaching hires. Uh, given, given my minority picks, uh, I think it's complimentary third round picks if they, they hire head co- uh, minority head coaches. So it's, it is a bit baffling that he was able to go into that position and be able to get a job and being able to um just just been just been in that position basically uh is is a scary thing really is there no is there no due process uh, do people not do background checks on this he shouldn't have got hired just after being paid off by the last college he was with because of this instance so that's what i think anyway he, sh- he shouldn't have been in that position to get the job in the first place 
But Colin, to the point you just raised there, this isn't even a tweet this guy put out in 2008 that came from nowhere. This was a global and national issue raised in the media, covered thoroughly in the NCAA. There is no way the people who made this hire were not aware of this man's background, history. And of course you can say there are allegations and nothing has been proven in court. And of course... You're innocent until proven guilty. But even on an organizational level, why would you give yourself this headache when, as we mentioned, this guy is not necessarily even the top guy for the job. This isn't an, an award-winning coach, some outstanding coach, where you're willing to take that bet that I bet he's not going to be proven guilty and I think we can turn this thing around. This just makes no sense on every single level. The thing about him is he had put 13 Iowa players in hospital by doing some too, something too mad in that. Like, having him on your team is just crazy. And after you put 13 players into the hospital, what did he happen? He got the highest paid strength and condition coach in college football. Like, that's just, it's just perplexing. His whole story is perplexing to me. Yeah, Noel, I'd like, I'd like to hear what you think about it. Similar to what the lad said there, they covered it all. I mean, how the Jags front office allows this hire to go through. As you say, look, whether or not allegations are true or not true, the fact is, as stated by Fionn, why do you want this headache? We know the climate we live in at the moment. There's not very many skeletons left in people's closets now. I mean, they're found, they're exposed now more than they ever have been. So why the Jags felt that this was something that wasn't going to come back and bite them, it's, it's, it's baffling. I mean, these aren't football teams anymore. These are multi-billion dollar businesses. And how somebody doesn't look at this and say, no, no, can't, can't be doing that. That's, that's going to come back on us. It's... It's, it's crazy. It would, as a Jags fan, you'd have to sit back and go, who is making these decisions? Like, what, how does that get through the net? Well, I think, I think that's interesting that you said as a Jags fan to be worried because I think that, I know we talked about the front office of the Jags get a lot of blame, but I think that fingers definitely have to be pointed at Urban Meyer because there's no way he came out of retirement to not be given full control of this side. So, like, <clears throat> this is definitely his hire. And he did say in retrospect that it was a bad decision. Like, I'm sorry, but there's not, it's not only a bad, it's only a bad decision because you've been found out. And it wasn't even that hard to find out because these are recent allegations. He said that he was vetted thoroughly. How could he be vetted thoroughly if, like I said, these allegations that came up so recently uh, were never checked and were never talked about? Like, at what, and like you said, Fionn, at the point where we are now in society and at the point where the league is, this has got to be up there with one of the stupidest hires, I think, in league history. And now, in retrospect, he could, he, he would not have hired him again, going back to that. Like, that's I, that, those sort of statements, and you see it not just in football, but you see it in sort of, in, in general, in, in, in the world, in terms of like, you know, I something's happened and obviously there's an outcry publicly and then the decision is reversed. So, like, this sort of stuff makes me laugh. He's only sorry because people caught on. Uh, he wasn't sorry that the team hired Doyle um, because it was not the team. It was Urban Meyer, I believe, that hired him. And I think uh, the owners, he can just said to, during the hiring process of Meyer says, it's your team, do what you want. Basically giving them college-level control of an NFL side. And like, I'm not one of those that believe in the sort of cancel culture, but I do have a problem when the person in question being Doyle has continued to defend themselves, despite a lot of evidence contradicting what they're saying. I don't believe for a second that I think it was around 50 former uh, students that have come forward. I don't believe for a second that they all decided and they're all from different years, not from the same, um, graduating years either i don't believe that they all come together and all decide here let's ruin this like guy's career or something like that maybe because he was a little hard in training this was continued and you know it was um pointed at players um who were not white whether they be black or or hispanic or anything and you know that's why until he admits his wrongs and until he tries to make amends and is working to you know make it better and to sort of improve his ways and show that he's not going to do what he did previously this guy should not be near any football team let alone a professional NFL team 
Yeah, absolutely. This was basically just Urban Meyer hiring a buddy of his and seeing if he could get it past. Like, I know they did the two see, that's the thing. together. Sorry, sorry, Jake. That's the thing. It's He's not even a buddy of his. They've never worked together. No, but they have a relationship of 20 years. I was looking at this. He has a relationship with him. He knows him and they play, they're at the same college. They obviously have crossed paths quite a few times. So I think he's just hiring a buddy of his. Okay, so we'll move on then. And we'll move on to the next news story. And we are heading back to the Texans, but it's not to talk about Deshaun Watson. But I'm sure he'll come up at some stage in this conversation. It's star lineman JJ Watt, who's been granted his release after 10 years with the team. Uh, so, uh, Fiona, I'll actually start with you on this one. Where do you think uh, what's going to end up? That's a difficult one. Uh, maybe Pittsburgh? Maybe his brother gives him a call and goes, hey, come over here. Two uh, brothers. Two brothers, of yeah. course. Maybe they get the Watt trifecta. They just become the Wattsburg Steelers and just go <laughs> try and win the Super Bowl for a big Ben. I don't, to be honest with you, I don't know. I don't know what kind of money he's asking for. Uh, that will depend a lot because it will it'll depend on cap space of teams and things. I think he's definitely a huge asset. I, I was checking today. He's some amazing stats. Of course, we all know three-time defensive player of the year. He is 32. So he's not, not the youngest player ever, but I think you have him in his prime, maybe tail end of his prime. In other words, can still be very, very productive. Maybe you don't want to give him a humongous contract, but you can give him a strong contract. Where bearing in mind his last defensive player of the year was 2015. However, the stats have really not dropped off at all. I think it's been the uh, arrival of Donald on the on the scene that's really pushed him back a little bit. He's still phenomenal. Did have that one injury year, I believe, a couple of years ago that that sat him out, that peck arm area was an issue. But yeah, I'd be very interested to see what he lands on. Wherever he does land, I still think he's going to be a huge asset and boost to whatever team picks him up. Yeah, there's two teams that I see in a lot where uh, the Browns, and maybe Cali, you can mention, uh, talk about the Browns and, and whether or not they need uh, JJ Watt. I mean, of course, it'd be nice to have him across from Miles Garrett, but I don't know what the status of Olivier Vernon is. And then the other team was the Packers. I've seen it, a lot of people saying, but one of them I thought would be an interesting one. I don't know if they if they could pull it off, but they seem to have been managed to pull off a few of these cap mysteries as the Rams. Could you imagine having JJ Watt and uh, Aaron Donald on the same team? Like, I would just be afraid. I think I would just come out of the game and not I'd be a backup quarterback if that's who I was against. I couldn't even deal with it. That must be what, like five of the last 10 defensive players of the year is all on one defensive yeah. one? imagine that'd be crazy but maybe Gosh. like I, I was looking at the Browns and the Browns obviously have Miles Garrett and then they also have Olivier Vernon but I think Olivier he might be on the back end of his contract or his yeah career, he's so. he's a free agent this this year now and the Achilles injury as well uh, in against the Steelers in the playoffs it, I, it's very unlikely that we're going to re-sign him again um, I was just kind of looking into it today right he's not yeah, he uh, as good as he did do for us last year, I don't think he's worth bringing back with Olivia Vernon. So um, I would definitely take J.J. Uh, Watt uh, on the other side with Miles Garrett. Um, now, you were saying, I hope to God he doesn't go to the Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> as a Browns fan, because imagine having to play the Watt brothers three times or twice a year and possibly a third in the playoffs. Who knows? We'll see how that team's pan out. But no, I would, I would love to see him at the Browns. Just imagine... Miles Garrett being double teamed and JJ Watt just, just single coverage and yeah he will he will cause wreck there but the, I do see him go to the Browns I hope he goes to the Browns um but he could end up in Green Bay as well um after going to college in Wisconsin as well um he, he does have some history there so I, I could see that happening but um with with all that saying I, I do hope he goes to the Browns anyway and we we can afford him as well so. I think that's what it is because the Browns have a lot of cap space coming this year. So it'd be yeah. nice to see them. And I think the Steelers are probably a bit short on it. So I don't know if they can afford Washington it. Washington has cap space. We don't want Washington. <laughs> yeah. We don't want Washington. Their defensive front is, all, is already good thing, Yeah, the only thing we actually have is defensive end. Yeah. So I think they're pretty safe. It's there. scary. So you, you will be the first team to play with 11 defensive ends at the one time now. <laughs> they can only just make, maybe we'll put one in a quarterback and see what he can do. <laughs> Noel, uh, what do you think? Where do you, where do you think uh, JJ Watt could end up? Um, as a Bears fan, I'm sorry to say, I think Green Bay may be the destination. 
I mean, that's that he went to college in Green Bay. I think he may, or in Wisconsin, he may actually be from Wisconsin. I know his wife mm-hmm. plays soccer in Chicago, which isn't too far away. And they have a place in Chicago. So it's not too far up the road. And unfortunately, he's not coming to Chicago. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I think at this stage of his career, this is the kind of move where he wants to do something now. He wants to win. I think the Packers, I, I honestly thought they would get there this year. So I think he may be a piece they could use. And I think they would give him a chance to, to, to have that push next year to try and get a ring or, or, or to get there. I mean, the Browns, I saw that link today. Him and Miles Garrett would be scary as well. But um, so hopefully the Browns, hopefully not the Packers. <laughs> would you not say, would you not, I was going to say, would, would you not take him with the Browns? Because I could think just him on one side with Khalil Mack on the other side and then Akeem Hicks in the centre as well. Be scary line. No, yeah. trust me, I'd love him in Chicago, but we have we have bigger issues at the moment, unfortunately. Although, we'll get on to that. I think the Bears... <laughs> <laughs> we'll get on to their struggles now in a minute. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong, the Bears still need help at pass rush, but I, I think we we have a bad cap situation and we have we have offensive sides of the ball that just needs to be needs to be taken care of at the moment. But Noel, you mentioned yeah. that uh he this is a time in his career that he's gonna go and wants to win, obviously get a ring. Um you would have thought that having Deshaun Watson on your team and having a great team the past few years might have been a great chance for him to get a ring, but well, obviously... You, you, you would have thought of that until, would have thought of. until the Texans just went into full clown mode and started <laughs> giving away Hopkins and Genesis don't know what the they're doing team. with Watson. Oh. Well, I, I did yes. see Hopkins Hopkins share something on social media of what with a uh, photoshopped Cardinals jersey on him. <laughs> uh, and also, Jake, what do you think of maybe following... Watson to the Jets when they swap them for Darnold, which looks like the most likely thing at the moment. What and, uh, what and Watson for Darnold is pretty, <laughs> would be a pretty that's mutual a good, that's trade. A strong swap. Well, those teams that we've mentioned, they are all win now teams, and, and that's what he wants. There's obviously question, like you guys have been saying, there's question marks on him with his injury record as well as how much he's going to cost. Cause he, if he stayed with the, the Texans this year, he was going to be owed 15 million. I don't think he's going to get anywhere near that with a new team. Uh, mostly just due to capital implications and how it's, how low it's going to be this year. You know, as a Seahawks fan, I'd love to see him there. They Seahawks needs pass rush, but they won't, um, they won't be getting that. They have their own fires to put out now with Russell Wilson at the moment. So, I don't think that uh, they'll be looking at J.J. Watt anytime soon, but it seems as though Green Bay is the most likely destination. Like I say, he has history there with being from Wisconsin and going to college there too. So he is that is the most likely one. Cleveland Browns, yeah, I saw that link as well today. Like that with, with Garrett on one side and Watt on the other would make it for a terrifying prospect. <laughs> but... You know, I like the I, I'd like the idea of seeing all three Watt brothers on the same team. So let's let's let them go to Pittsburgh. I'm sorry, Colin. I know that's scared <laughs> the life out of you right now, but I think um, as long as he stays away from the NFC, I'll be happy. And I think if you agree with that, if you, I think the rest of us will be definitely happier if he stays away from the NFC next year. Um, but I just want to actually ask because this was just something I, I saw yesterday, and maybe it's a little coincidental. Um, did you see Deshaun Watson pictured with the Miami Dolphins players there yesterday? No, that is something I missed. Yeah, he was he was pictured out with the news. He was just pictured out with them. It's strange that that picture came out like a day or two after, a couple of days after what was just granted his release just by asking. Now I understand what stayed there for ten years and he was loyal to them, but. I still find it a little weird that they never even tried to shop him around and even try to get even a fifth round pick. Cause this is a Texans team that are begging for picks because they've gotten nothing this upcoming uh, draft. So it's just, look, I'm just putting two, two, two and two together. See if I get four, maybe I'm going to get five. We don't know, but look, just thought I'd, I'd put that, uh, put that little nugget in there. Well, let's move on to the main part of the show. 
and it is our new series looking at we are doing over the next while uh, we are looking at each of the 32 sides and what they are going to need in this off season to improve for the 2021 year uh we still have browns van Gollum and bears van noel wills and i'm going to start on the afc side uh, so that means column i'm going to start with your browns firstly what did you make of this past season a really uh, impressive start for a new coach Stefanski. well like what, what can i say it's been been the best season in the last decade probably probably even 20 years i'd say the last time we were in the playoffs was when bill belichick was um managing us so that's that's a long time ago so yeah, look, this season was un- unreal, really, to be honest. It was above and beyond all expectations. Um, Kevin Stefanski, I think he's just brought a complete maturity to the team. He's created a really good culture for us. Um, he's making it an attractive place for people, for players to go to as well. And he's just installing that winning mentality um, on it. So yeah, it was a great season. Now compared to last season as well, with, with the amount of expectation, uh, it just didn't work out. So this season, or last season, we went in with no expectation whatsoever, and it, it just it just seemed to work. Um, and yeah, Stefanski really brought the best out of Baker Mayfield. Anyway, um, in in the way he set up the team and the way he played. Yeah, and uh, how much credit would you give to the new GM as well? Because you said you're making Cleveland a more attractive place for free agents and for players to go to. That has to be down as well to, I guess, Andrew Berry and, and what he's done in the past year. Yeah, he has. He, he's done quite a lot in fairness. And I think they were really smart in last, last season um, in free agency, bringing in Austin Hooper, bringing in um, Cock, there was a Conklin and Tackle. And there, there was a few other good inquir- uh, acquisitions that they did make. And it, it really did help us going forward. And well, to be fair to John Dorsey as well, the previous GM, now he didn't make the greatest head coach's decisions, but he did bring in some, some of the players that we have now. Uh, that's really putting us in a good position to, to challenge for the AFC. Yeah, and there's uh, some notable players out of contract. We mentioned it in the earlier segment. Olivier Vernon is out of contract this year. So is the likes of uh, Andrew Sandejo, Carl Joseph, Richard Higgins. Is there any players out of contract this year that you think would would be a priority to resign? At the moment, like Olivia Vernon, if he didn't get the injury uh, in the playoffs, he, he'd be probably the first one to sign. Um, at the moment, overall, um, probably Terence Mitchell, um, quarterback. It's just because we're so light there. We don't really have much depth, well, quality depth. And he, he did play well once uh, Greedy Williams did get injured this, this year as well. So, um Higgins, you'd like to see him sign, um, but we do have, we seem to have a lot of uh, wide receivers at the moment, especially uh, Landry and uh, Odell getting paid top dollar. So it's going to be hard to resign them. Um, now, I would like to see them be, be resigned. Um, and uh, in Joku as well, sorry, I can, I can never really pronounce his name properly. Um, just get it up here. Yeah, he he would be. I don't think we're going to be re-signing many um, of the the main uh, out of contract players at the moment. Uh, just cap space, and realistically, I think we should we should be bringing in veterans like JJ Watt um, for a year or two year contract because uh, we have the cap space, and I, I think it it would be a good uh, good for us going forward. Yeah, and and. I guess sort of when you're talking about cap space as well, I'm guessing that they're going to have to start making some moves to sort of clear a bit of room because we saw a really improved season from Baker Mayfield this year and his contract is going to be coming up soon. Then, so the, well, two questions is firstly, like, do you extend him? And secondly, like how much would you think that you're going to have to pay to extend them? Well, I would definitely be picking up his fifth-year option anyway. Uh, just after last season, he's, he's doing really well. Um, I would see how the next that season does pan out next season. Um, like if we're close to winning a Super Bowl or even get anywhere close to it, then then you will consider paying him close to top dollar. Or you wouldn't go any. You wouldn't go at the premium like, but you would. He would be mid-range more than more than anything. So, yeah, I would after after this season. Um, under Kitchens, he wasn't great. Uh, I think he was just forcing the ball into places. He was trying to make things happen. It seemed to be his team when under Kitchens, where under Stefanski, he's after taking that role from him. It's Stefanski's team now, and he like 
it, it just suits him a lot better. It's a lot better when he plays off the play action anyway as well. So I, I do think, yeah, it depends in the next two years to see if you do sign him on a big, big money deal, really. Yeah, and I think definitely Kevin Stefanski has been integral to his progression this year. Because, uh, and I know, Fionn, you're going to hate me saying this, but Stefanski turned Kirk Cousins into a decent quarterback for a season there at, at the Vikings. And I think it was based off... missed that season. Yeah, uh, I think I think so. I think I think you have a blind spot when it comes to the Vikings, but that's okay. We'll let that go. Um, but I think that and a lot of it was to do when Cousins could play the uh, play action passes, which is probably which gave him the time, which is what he needed. And it's the same with Baker. And and I think probably the, probably the interesting thing coming into next year, and I, I I don't know if you agree if you want to open up to the rest of you guys too that. Next season, we like you have a year of tape of Kevin Stefanski's offense with the Cleveland Browns, so teams can prepare for it a little better. So I think it's going to be important that they sort of try and shake things up a bit. Yeah, I think the, I think the main thing they need to look at is that uh, the offensive line, if they can keep Chubb's productivity up, that's definitely going to help with their their play action. And uh, I wonder does does Colin agree with that but for me I think that's the main thing when you get your quarterback in rhythm and and I think a lot of quarterbacks especially at the NFL level can really excel in that play action where you're taking the decision out of the defense's hands essentially they have to honor the run if you've got a strong one and then it gives them much more time so I think a lot of times when we see quarterbacks struggle in that second year and coaches struggle they can't keep that run freed up people start keying on it and say okay let's prove Let's see if Baker can beat us in the air. So, Colin, is that a fair assessment, do you think? Yeah, I, I definitely don't think it's a fair assessment, all right? Um, like, just make, getting a draft, um, Wills in last season for a line, bringing in Cockton last season, made a massive difference to it. Uh, they were able to protect Baker Mayfield and they were able to make holes for Kareem and for Chubb. Um, so, like, I, I, what I would say is the offensive line, they would need to just bring a bit more depth into it. Now, you can't spend massive money on it, but I think in the draft, if they draft well, they, they just bring in some depth there, make sure that it's a solid offensive line, uh, and that will create the holes for Chubb. Now, he, he's he's a good runner to make his own holes, but when, when you have a good offensive line, it always makes things easier. Yeah, you could definitely tell the difference between the Browns this year than last year was because they could just get that run game going. They had one of the strongest duos of running backs in the league and just watching the holes being created for Chubb or Hunt is just crazy because they're two of the most efficient runners being after the tackle or after a contact. And so if you can get them contact on the second level rather than at the line, the game's going to be so much easier for you because now you have the play action. Now you have a strong run game. So you can take your deep shots. You can do all that and you don't have to take yourself out of rhythm of it. And you you can put the defense on the back uh, on their heels, say. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I, anytime that we, we got the run game going last season, anytime that we got Chubb over 100 yards, we, we always seemed to win fairly, fairly efficiently. And we, we always, like the, the play action and Baker Mayfield always tended to have better games when we got the run going. There was only a few, few games last season where we couldn't get it going and just nothing was going right for us. So it's definitely a fundamental part of our game day at the moment is, is the run game. Colm, do you think that Baker Makefield has that ability to win you a game where the opponent does force you to move away from that run game or or to lock that down? Is Do you guys have a, a the confidence in him? I know he's a very divisive figure, not just in the NFL in terms of his play more than his personality, but uh, also even in Browns fans. Some of them like him, some of them don't like him. Where What camp are you in and where do you think... Well, I, I'd be a good fan of him, all right, when he is going good. Now, last season, all right, it was a bit shaky. But, yeah, I I think last last season there was one point when a lot of our wide receivers got hit by COVID. And I think there was a few running backs out as well. And it was really on Baker Mayfield to win the game. We didn't actually end up winning the game. But I, I don't know if he has that about him to actually pick up our team and really influence the people around him and bring him to the other level. I don't know if he has that. I hope he does. He, he develops it over time, but at the moment, I don't know if he does have it. Okay, and just uh, before we move on from the Browns, 
Is there any, I know you mentioned JJ Watt, but is there any other players or position groups that you would like the Browns to target in the free agency and the draft period coming up? Yeah, like, well, definitely um, free safety after um, we had, um, what's his name, uh, Grant Dunlap, Dunlap uh, got injured, his Achilles went down. We were kind of, we were light at that position. So I would like to see a good free agency signed. Uh, Justin Simmons is on the market at the moment now. That is that is a dream because I would say the Broncos will resign him. But um, there is also Marcus Williams from the Saints as well that I would that they're not after taking up his fifth year option. So he he is available and I think his cap it is fairly low as well. So it, it would be a team friendly acquisition I think. So um, I also would see um, you have middle linebacker as well. Uh, B.J. Goodson is out of contract. Don't know if he, he he'd be probably the most likely we'd re-sign because look, we are light at that position. It doesn't seem to be a priority for the team at the moment. But yeah, that would be somewhere if you resign, if you don't re-sign uh, Goodson, definitely try and mid mid-draft anyway to try and find a few rookies at, at that at that point. Uh, I would also see yeah, wide receiver as well. Um, if we don't sign Higgins, um, I would like to see them. Them, uh, dip into the draft for one or two rookie receivers because we did pick up uh, Donovan Peoples Jones last year late, I think in the seventh round, sixth or seventh round, and he he has been very good for us and he, he's he's on a low contract, a small contract, so that's always team friendly as well going forward. Cool. Uh, thanks, yeah. Fionn. We'll move on and we're going to go on to the Bears. And uh, Noel, you are our Bears fan. Um, firstly, uh, what did you make of your team's season last year? Well, what can I say? To quote Denny Green from 2006, the Bears were who we thought they were, and they are basically a middle-of-the-road team, 8-8 eight eight for the second year in a row. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a little more calm now than I was when the season ended, the more I've kind of thought about it. But they, they epitomise what a mediocre team is. They beat the teams they should be. They can't beat the teams that make the playoffs, and... You know, they just seem to roll on like that. So I'm, I'm a little more hopeful. You know, the, the, the one big worry I have is Ryan Pace, the GM, seems to be on a very, very hot seat now at the moment. And I don't know if his decisions coming up are going to be for long term or for I need to save my job next year. So rather than drafting, say, that developmental quarterback who two years from now could be, you know, brilliant, I need to go out and I need to get Ryan Fitzpatrick now because I need to win now. So that, that's that's a concern coming into the new season. But you know, we'll, we'll see what they do. Yeah, and I, I think I, I kind of want to take it back to the start of the year. And I think they started 5-0. and and I think nobody believed that they were five and zero. Oh. I think they were like that that one team or like that one person who was at the party. You're like, oh, you you're still here, uh, like yeah. like the, the only one of the only undefeated sides left. And and it was a bit weird because they were going from Foles to Trubisky back to Foles to Trubisky for the for the start of the season before they made obviously the choice to stick with Trubisky for the end of the year. And I'd like to know are you are you pro Trubisky or like are you are you sort of like happy that they didn't pick up his fifth year option? Yeah, no, I, I think I think the Trubisky experiment is done. You know, he, he got his chance. Now, I, there are a lot of people calling him a bust. To me, Trubisky isn't a bust. Jamarcus Russell is a bust. Ryan Leaf is a bust. Trubisky was just a disappointment. He should never have been drafted number two. And I think it's right to not pick up that fifth year option. Let him go. It benefits the team now for him to go. We, We've been through it. It'll benefit him because maybe he can go somewhere, start fresh, maybe in an offense that he actually fits in and that, that can make use of his talents. It, it always felt that he was forced upon Nagy and Nagy didn't really want him, never trusted him, never really opened a playbook to him. I mean, Nagy's playbook is the size of a phone book, but the one he gave to Trubisky was, you know, it was just a small little fraction of that because he, he just doesn't seem to be able to read a defense. He, he's great when it breaks down and he needs to scramble. You know, he can, he can make a play in the run, but when he sits back in the, in the pocket, he just doesn't seem to see what's coming at him. So I, I think it's the right time just to let him go and, and just try and sort that out. Yeah. No, nice. what, sorry. No, uh, go ahead. no, what reason is the answer at quarterback? Because at the moment, do you guys still have Foles under contract this year? I'm not sure what the Yeah, Foles is still there, but 
yeah, Foles is there, but I, I don't think they have any faith in him either. Um, so I can see a big connection with the the Eagles, the Carson Wentz, obviously the whole ordeal. I keep seeing Bears, Carson Wentz. Do you think there's any kind of truth in that, or any? Do you want that to happen even? Uh, not <laughs> so, really. Similar it, to it, it, it depends. It it depends if they're going to get him for a fifth round and he wants to sit there with somebody else. Fine. But no, I mean, there was talk of first round picks and, and multiple first round picks at one point, And that was that was scary. No, I mean, no, Carson Wentz, I don't think is the answer for anyone, to be quite honest with you. Again, like Trubisky, maybe he needs to move somewhere new and maybe a fresh start will benefit him. But I wouldn't be paying much for him. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And I, I think, yeah, I think every fan was sort of looking with raised eyebrows when I obviously it was just play acting by the Eagles saying, oh, we we have suitors and I think it's going to be multiple first round picks. And everyone just pointed to the Bears saying, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like for it's not even just Wentz and obviously the questionable whether he's, he can relive the form that he had in his nearly MVP year. Everyone acts like it's an MVP year. He, he didn't win MVP that year. He he might have if he stayed healthy, but he didn't. Okay. Who was MVP that year, actually? I wonder. I think. Uh, sure, it doesn't matter anyway. Oh, I can't remember. But um, yeah, I think it, it's the contract as well that you're going to have to pay him. And well, That's it. Exactly. Like that's that's big money that you need to be bringing in so it's it's not worth the risk the bears don't have that anyway the cap space they, i mean there's going to be a lot of creative accounting going on in, in chicago just to try and sort that that cap out especially given what they're, they're projecting it to be this year so i mean i, I don't see how they make that move work yeah and, yeah i was just gonna say and a few notable um players that are actually out of contract this year include Alan Robinson um, like we said Mitchell Trubisky is free to go this year Cordero Patterson is also free to go this year uh, and like you were saying a few um, a few changes of contracts maybe a lot more money up front is going to have to do because I think a lot of teams are in trouble obviously this year with, with the reduced cap and uh, it is strange, and I think Foles himself is on is on a pretty big contract too. They they took his contract on from the Jaguars as well. It out of those players that are um, out of contract this year, which ones would you like the team to uh, resign? Well, they need to get Alan Robinson sorted. Need to send him to the Giants. Need to send him right over well, here. I had text from someone else today, Jake, another Giants fan, you know, telling me about that. And, you know, I won't tell you what I said back to him, but <laughs> no, they, they have to get, they can't let Robinson walk. Like they need to get that sorted. They're going to have trouble at wide receiver anyway, because, you know, they're, they're not working out there. Javon Williams just isn't an answer. Anthony Miller just hasn't shown it. He probably needs to go. I mean, Darnell Mooney looks you know, a really good prospect. He had a great year last year and hopefully that will continue. But I mean, no, they, they need to sort out um, Robinson fairly quickly. Can't, can't be letting him walk out the door. Oh yeah, and uh, Komet looks like a quite nice player though. He does look good. He does actually. He, he seems to be coming along. They, they leaned heavily. Um, oh God, what's his name now? The, the other tight end? Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham. Yeah. Excuse me, come, come out there. Yeah, they leaned heavily on Graham who... who Got them a few touchdowns, but I think his main role was basically to shepherd Komet along, work with him, you know, let Komet shadow him, see see how pro pro works like, you know. So I think Graham may end up being caught unless they can redo his contract. And I think we may see more from Komet next year now. I think that would probably be the plan. Yeah, and uh, just um, on the... Obviously, the vacancies that you'll have, especially in the QB room, and you mentioned it there at the start, would you take a Ryan Fitzpatrick on board this for this coming season and then draft a young prospect, at quarterback in the draft, uh, and then deal with, well, I wouldn't say deal with Fitzpatrick. I still think he has another year left in him at least. But what, what would you make of that arrangement, Fitzpatrick, for a year and then uh, the draft choice the year after? No, I, I could live with that now. I, I mean, Fitzpatrick will come in and do a job. As he's done everywhere else, he, he knows what he's coming in to do. Um, that would be my preferred option is draft a young quarterback who he can develop. I, I don't think Falls is a, an answer either. I think he's probably gone. But bring in someone like Fitzpatrick, maybe get a year or so, bring the new player through. But again, the problem is, can Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy wait that long for a, a young player to develop? Will they put all their money into a 
you know, an expensive quarterback who's been there and may not be the answer long term. But for me, I mean, you have to draw, you have to draft a young quarterback, develop them, bring them through, and then, you know, see where that goes. So who knows? But they're so unpredictable at the moment in terms of decisions they make. I mean, they could do anything. Yeah. And just for the upcoming season, uh, what is, what would be a acceptable season for the Bears? Would it be another playoff position? Would you be okay if they challenged and didn't make it? And and then adding on to that, is this a make or break year for Nagy and Pace? Uh, I would say yes on Nagy and Pace. I, I think at this stage, they, for me, I think they need to start winning playoff games again. Um, for ownership, they probably just need to make the playoffs Uh but I, I definitely think for me, I, I, you need you really need to see them win the playoff games again. And Nagy and Pace, they, they are in the hot seat. So that's that, that's the worry in terms of their decisions. Will that cloud their judgment and make them go for the easy, quick fixes now? You know, time will tell on that. Yeah. yeah. And lads, I want to open the floor to you guys as well. Um, what, what do you think about the Bears this coming off season? And what do you think, um, what do you think uh, they can improve on to sort of uh, help them get through well not get through next season but sort of build on what they did in the previous year yeah like now said i'm afraid of what they're gonna do because like when the giants were losing really badly and it looked like the gm was going and that what do we do we started paying high high price free agents to come in the next year looked great and the following four years looked like crap so that's what i'd be afraid of of the bears doing what they need to do is what you said is get a nice quarterback in there a young guy to learn and maybe if he wants to sit beside fitzpatrick or, or even Foles, if you want to just keep Foles for a year whatever and keep your your young guy there and have him go in like kind of the Justin Herbert kind of route but we've kind of seen how that worked for him he's obviously probably the most talented rookie quarterback last year aside from Burrow but um, I'd like to see something like that happen for the Bears they obviously have a lot of big holes as you said no the wide receivers are a bit of an issue at the minute and especially how you stand with Alan Robinson does he get tagged and traded or is he just kept so a lot a lot of things to look look into with the Bears yeah, as Nolan Jake mentioned, it's quarterbacks are the key. It's obvious everyone says it, these NFL teams, they're paid the biggest money, but you need at the very least some sort of stability there. I think where the Bears are puts them in a tough situation. If they are to get a quarterback that might start halfway through this season or next season, essentially it's a fluke, right? Any of the really big names that are going to be in this year's draft will not be around by the time the Bears pick shows up so they're gonna have to fluke it I wouldn't be against having a guy who comes in and can play adequately maybe not Fitzpatrick but perhaps a a guy who can play to the level of Fitzpatrick where you can get three four years who you're not particularly attached to you can dunk if you do look out and get a quarterback way down the draft like a Dak Prescott that you weren't expecting who comes up through the ranks but that's going to be happy. And that lets you, at the very least, focus on other areas. It's the same issue with the Washington football team we've had. We've got lucky now that we do have that defensive line we've managed to put together. But the offense always feels shaky. Teams always feel shaky until they have that one guy. He doesn't have to be a world beater. Uh, a lot of the times, if you'll see, if there's disarray in the other three teams in your division, you can do a lot of damage. And it's not like the Bears couldn't reach the playoffs. They were in the playoffs this year, maybe because of the extra team. I'm not sure exactly which seed they managed to get in at. But when you're building from where they are, it's much easier than if you're like Dolphins two years ago or like Jets are going to be this year where you've got to start from scratch. you got to build it up. So I think getting that stability whether it's a top talent, if you really feel like there's one out there that you can that you can get, or at least a guy who's not going to cost you games, who you can keep around, and if something lucky happens in the meantime, you can go ahead and take that chance. Be your, your Alex Smith could go to the Bears could for be. a while. Somebody, exactly. Yeah. It's not it's not a it's not a wild accusation to say that. To be honest, it's a he's exactly that kind of player where he's young enough to get you three years, maybe four years if you got to push it. Is he going to win you a Super Bowl? Maybe not, but he gives you that opportunity to add other top quality players who maybe they can get you further to the Super Bowl. Well, just on the Alex Smith thing and um, 
I don't. I wouldn't like him to go to the Bears only because I would not trust. Uh, I know this from being a Seahawks fan, though. I would not trust Jermaine Fetty trying to protect Alex Smith in any way possible. Well, speaking of Fetty, in fairness, along with quarterback, uh, the O line is where I really think they need to be concentrating on. To be fair, I think the defense has its problems. It's finding it hard to get to the quarterback, and they probably need help back at safety. But uh, I really think the defense could probably do another year or two. I know we've a new defensive coordinator in Sean Desai, who is, you know, a Vic Fangio disciple. So I don't know too much about him. So we'll see how that works out. But if they could get tackles sorted, I mean, you may see one or two tackles being being cut to, to free up a bit of cap space. So I'm hoping quarterback, wide receiver and, you know, O-line are the first couple of days anyway in, in the NFL draft. So if we could solidify that line, and it makes it a hell of a lot easier for whoever does go back into quarterback. But sure. Who have you seen? Goes. Who have you seen mocked to the Bears at their current pick? Um, I've seen. I've actually seen a couple of tackles. Sorry, sorry I can't get the names of them now. A couple of tackles picked, um, and I've seen one or two people thinking Mac Jones may drop to twenty. Now I, I don't know how realistic it will be, but you know that it's mainly been O line I've seen being uh, mocked into them. I've seen Mac the, Jones mocked to uh, Washington a couple of times, actually. I'm not blown away. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it would be. Like, we can't even get you to take the Sean Watson on the team, so I don't think any quarterback's going to be good well, enough for Washington. Well, if you for free, I'll take it, for sure. <laughs> Might be a GM soon enough on the field. I mean, Washington if the Texans would take Ryan Kerrigan, he's a bit old now. We'll give him Ryan Kerrigan for Watson. <laughs> that seems fair. Send them Tyler Heineke in return. Maybe one of the Sims, the one that drops yeah. the ball a little bit less than the other one. That'd be handy. <laughs> uh, I think uh, that actually is a good place to call it. Uh, but before we go, uh, again, please, if you can, can you like this video if you're watching us on YouTube um, and subscribe to the Dynamo Podcast Network on Spotify and YouTube to find the podcast each and every week. Also go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash pod. And we're at Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, all at the same uh, uh, address, at UnderCenterPod. Um, Noel and Colm, lads, thanks so much for coming on today. Hopefully, uh, we get the chance to speak to you again in the near future. Thanks very much. Thanks for having us on. Thanks for having me, lads. Yun and Jake, as always, thank you guys for coming on as well. Thank you very much, Tara. That is it for the show this week. Next week, we will be talking another two teams and what they're going to need to do in the off season. But until then, stay safe and we will speak to you next week.